Well, Chad has been leading us in the book of Acts, and last Sunday we looked at uh, Stephen's uh, discourse, his recounting of the Old Testament, the second part, focusing on uh, Moses. And we saw how the, uh, how the failure of the Israelites uh, to recognize Moses mirrored how Israel as a whole failed to recognize the true Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And I started thinking, and church, it's always a, a, a very dangerous thing when I begin to think, but you know, the iconic story that, that Stephen was talking about, about Moses and the burning bush, got me to thinking that, you know, we all need to be on fire for God. Oh, God wants us to be on fire for Him. And like our next picture shows, this is what God wants. He wants His believers to be fired up and full of the Holy Spirit and, and strong in the Word and all of those good things. This is what God wants, but what does God get? On our next picture. We like this. Oh, we're on fire, all right, but we're going around with our hair on fire because our circumstances aren't what we want and we're having trials and tribulations and we're just burning up for all the wrong reasons. This is not being on fire for God. So I thought that would be a good thing for us to look at today. In our scripture, I want us to go to the book of Exodus chapter 3. And if you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pew in front of you that you may use. If you don't have one at your house, feel free to take uh, one of ours. It's our gift to you. Exodus chapter 3, and we'll be getting in the first verse about uh, the burning bush. If you're able and willing to stand in the honor of reading God's Word, I invite you to do so. Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked... And behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, 
a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's pray before we get started. Lord in heaven, we just thank you for your holy word. I ask your Father that you would quicken it to our hearts this morning. Blessed Father, bless your people. Bless us to understand. Help us in our spirit to hear and to receive what you have for us. Father, I pray I would speak only those words that you have prepared. And it's in the wonderful and the holy name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Being on fire for God... We want to look at a few things. We're going to see three different, three different things from this scripture about the burning bush. What can you say about the burning bush? One thing you can say is God's plan to redeem his people is revealed in this story. You can also say that not only is God working by himself, he is partnering with somebody else, with us, with Moses in this case, to do his work. And finally, in the burning bush itself is a picture of how we are to do this great task. Because surely we can't do it alone. We're going to see, in addition to this burning bush, we'll see the New Testament version of that. I'll go ahead and give you a spoiler that's going to come from 2 Timothy chapter 1 in a little bit. But this burning bush is the key for us on how we are to be on fire for God in the right way. How we are to participate in His great redemptive plan. First we look at God's plan to redeem His people. I remember my dad and I would talk sometimes about the Bible, and he had a particular love for this story. He said, can't you just imagine, can't you just picture how awesome that was for this lowly desert shepherd named Moses to wander upon this burning bush and to have the Lord God Almighty talk to him, to tell him, Moses, take your shoes off, you're standing on holy ground. What a wonderful picture, what a, what a glorious image that is. Wouldn't you love to be there? And church, I'll tell you today that we are supposed to be there and we are supposed to be more than just spectators of this burning bush, that this burning bush in fact is a story and is a lesson for us that we can look at today. And the first thing we see as we look here at the burning bush, as God is talking to Moses, is that 
God is revealing his redemptive plan. Remember as we listened last couple weeks in our messages, Chad was telling us about Stephen. He was talking about the history of the Old Testament. At this particular point, Moses has spent 40 years on the backside of the desert. And the Israelites, God's chosen people, are not in the promised land. They are in slavery right now. They are being cruelly treated by Pharaoh and his minions. And even the infants have been killed. Now Moses, he walks, is doing what he normally has done many a day. Very quiet in the backside of the desert. Not much happening there. No celebrities coming by. No news of note. I imagine when one of the sheep or the goats has has uh, babies, that's a big news story. But in all of this plain existence, all out by himself, one day Moses turns the corner and he sees a wonder. He sees this burning bush. It is a flame. It's like a creosote bush. It ought to burn right up in a flash, but it's not. For some reason, the fire's still going and the bush is still happy. Moses says, i got to see what this is about. And he hears a voice. The voice of God speaking out from the bush. And God introduces Himself. He said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The covenant God of Israel is right here. And Moses has come face to face with Him. Because why? Because God has chosen to appear. God has chosen to make Himself known. Y'all, we're talking about the Creator of the universe. Y'all, we're talking about the God who, who flung the stars across the sky. And what on earth are we looking at here? You can't come close to that. You can't step up right next to a holy God. The awesome holiness of God. Moses is wilting in front of that awesome presence. He cannot even look. Oh. It is God that makes things holy. That's one of the things that Stephen was correcting the religious leaders about. He said, you put so much emphasis, so much faith in this temple, in the tabernacle, that's not what is holy. What is holy is where God dwells. And now Moses was seeing God in a lowly desert shrub. And it was holy ground. But Moses could not come near. Moses must take his shoes off because it's like radiation. You just cannot get near to it. Unholy man cannot approach a holy God. No wonder Moses was terrified. But God's redemptive plan is unfolding. Because God has seen the trouble His people are in. He has seen the bondage of Egypt. He has seen the cruelty of the Pharaoh. And God has not only taken notice of this, but He tells Moses, He said, Moses, 
This is my covenant promise that I promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I am going to set my people free and you're going to help me do it. Moses, I want you to go talk to them and you're going to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. You see, God was redeeming His people. God was going to take His people from a horrible bondage of slavery. God was going to take His people from that awful condition of depravity, from that horrible situation that they were in, and He's going to take them out of that, and He's going to bring them to a land of milk and honey because He is the Redeemer. And this was God's plan. This was His purpose. Bring them out of bondage. And when we talk about God's plan of redemption, does that maybe remind you of something? Does that maybe make you think that there is a New Testament Redeemer who did something great and has redeemed us in a way that is even more fantastic than what Moses was about to help get done for Israel? Now I want us to look over in 2 Timothy. I want you to keep the picture of the burning bush in your mind. And I want you to superimpose on that picture of God and talking to Moses and God's glory and the and, and His Holy Spirit there with what we're about to read here. Because this is the New Testament version of the burning bush, so to speak. 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse... Six. Paul says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us the spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit which dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Alright. So there we have the New Testament version, if you will. In verse 10, we saw it says, Christ Jesus has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus. So just like the burning bush appeared in the desert, God appeared and manifested Himself there. Now, God has manifested Himself in the person of Christ Jesus. And just like that burning bush put out an awesome light, 
so also does the Lord Jesus put out an awesome light. And there's also a redemptive plan. We're not talking about freeing the slaves in Egypt anymore, but we're talking about freeing the slaves from an even worse taskmaster, Satan. From coming out of the slavery and bondage of sin, out from our condemnation, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, now the redemptive plan is revealed through Jesus, who is that bright and shining light. He has been manifested. And His redemption, it says He has appeared, right? And He is abolishing death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's the redemptive plan. Just like there was a redemptive plan in the burning bush, now there is a redemptive plan with Christ Jesus here in the New Testament. Wow. Amazing stuff. Now, God has revealed Himself. He has appeared. And He's doing it all by Himself. He's acting in isolation. Of course not. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the story, would we? He has brought Moses into this event. And here in 2 Timothy, guys, girls, we are in this event. So no spectators. We're not just here to watch a bush burn. We're not just here to see the light of Jesus. Oh, wow, that's nice. Think I warm my toes. Maybe roast a hot dog. That's not what this fire's for. No, because the second thing is, not only is this God's plan to redeem His people, but He's partnering with us to do His redemptive work. Now, arguably... God is doing the hard stuff, right? Just like with Moses, God is going to make the plagues. He's going to bring Pharaoh low. He's going to reveal His mighty hand. He's going to part the Red Sea. He's going to do the miraculous. But still, He has chosen to use a human being, a lowly shepherd named Moses, to carry the word to the people and to lead them out and to confront Pharaoh. To spread the gospel, if you will, of the redemption of Israel. Here's Moses. God says, Moses, we're going to do this together. And Moses said, Lord, really? I don't think so. Lord, I could come up with a dozen excuses why you shouldn't. And he began to list them all. But the Lord persisted. Guess what? In the redemptive story of the, the gospel, the Great Commission tells us, and it's in our, it's in our church, in our covenant, and why we are here to make disciples, we are participating in this, we are to spread the gospel, we are to help win the lost, we are to make sure all see the light of God's glory. And I don't know why He would pick the likes of me or you to do that, but He has. Oh, God is wonderful to bring us into this great work. So Moses has got to take the gospel of liberation to Israel to believe and follow him out to Egypt. To Pharaoh, Moses is going to say, let my people go. Now, God needed Moses to be on fire. 
This is not the kind of work that you can go in and do from 9 to 5 and get a paycheck. It's not the sort of half-hearted thing that you can just pretend to do. You better be all in on this. Moses needs to be on fire because Moses by himself is not getting it done. Moses had better have a lot of help. And Moses was right to say, God, who am I? Lord, who am I to go tell your people? They're going to say, I haven't even seen you. Oh, you think Pharaoh's going to listen to the likes of me? You know, Egypt kind of hates shepherds anyway. They're not going to want to listen to me. Oh, but can't we come up with a thousand excuses just like Moses? Can't we say, well, Lord, I'm just a nobody and I'm just a housewife. I'm just a, I just have a humble job. I'm really a nobody, Lord. I'm not good at speaking. Don't even go there. Moses tried that. He didn't get very far with it. Won't work. No, we don't have any excuse. If we're saved by the grace of God and we have been redeemed, that we are to carry that redemption word forward. In 2 Timothy 1 and 6, you know, we can't do it alone, so just like Paul said, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into flame the gift of God that makes this what we can do. You can't be ashamed. Paul said, I can't be ashamed. There's no being ashamed. Moses, you can't be ashamed of me. Paul said in verse 11, he was appointed to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. He's commissioned. Just like Moses was commissioned at the burning bush for the sacred responsibility to lead the Israelites out to confront Pharaoh, so we have also been commissioned by the Great Commission to carry the Gospel. Because there's a world out there enslaved to sin. There's a world out there. They're doing a lot worse than gathering straw to make bricks. They're doing a lot worse than hauling Pharaoh's building blocks. They're out there building the kingdom for Satan. They don't even know it. So we have been commissioned. We're not just spectators at this burning bush. Now, Wrap our head around this a little bit. Imagine Moses. He's been accustomed. He doesn't have anything else to worry about than making sure he gets the sheep from point A to point B. Just kind of nice outdoor lifestyle. He's not clocking in anywhere. I mean, he's just, he's working for his father-in-law. He's got a couple kids he's raising. All of that. The guy said, wait, I got a job for you, Moses. Now. You suppose God wanted somebody who was so puffed up, so full of self-confidence? He says, okay, God, I got you. I'm going to just march right in there in front of Pharaoh and I'm going to tell him this and do that and I'm going to grab those stinky Israelites and I'm going to pull them all the way into the promised land. Just leave it to me, God. I'll get it done. No. No. 
Moses knew better. It wasn't going to work that way. How on earth work in the world is he going to get it done? Because he has some serious issues. I mean, his complaints are legitimate. God, how, how can I do this? I, I can't even, I, 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 I can't even speak. The Lord says, I'll show you. That brings us to our third thing. If we do go off on our own, we're in trouble. But God's pattern for spirit-filled service. Let's look at that last picture a minute. This is what you are when you go off the handle, flying in your own strength. You're a dumpster fire. Sure, you'll burn for a little while just till the garbage gets consumed and then you're out. This is not what God wants. Well, how do we do it the right way? All right, now let's look. God's pattern for spirit-filled service, the third thing. How does God intend us to do it? We don't want to be a dumpster fire. We don't want to run around with our hair on fire. We want to really and truly be on fire for God, doing the bringing the redemptive word he wants us to bring. We know we can't do it in our own strength. If you've been a Christian for five minutes, you know that. You know you didn't get saved in your own strength. How on earth are you going to please God in your own strength? Well, God likes to show us. God likes to make it clear to us. And I'm telling you that God put the very image, the very picture of how you're going to get it done right in front of it. The burning bush. Let's look at the burning bush a minute in our mind. How is this a picture of how God wants us to be on fire for Him? How is that a picture? Well, the burning bush really and truly explains it all. Because first of all, here is God in all of His glory. It is God that is the fire. It is the Holy Spirit that is the energy. That's what's making that bush burn. Now, sometimes inexperienced Christians get going and they know that God expects so much out of them and they're really gung-ho and they just want to charge out and be on fire and all of that. They tend to forget the Holy Spirit is the fire. See, the difference is the Holy Spirit can burn in that bush all night and all day. The bush is not consumed. We go out in our own strength. We're going to go up like a creosote tree. We're just going to boosh. And we're going to flame up nice and bright for about 20 seconds. And then we're going to die. And we'll be cold, dead ash from then on. That's not what God wants. That's not the picture he gave Moses. Here is the picture of God in his glory in the bush, and we need that Holy Spirit to go with us. How on earth can you get the fire, the presence, the Spirit of God into that dry, very flammable desert shrub and it not blow up to a million pieces. Those two things are just completely different. How can you get me and you 
mortal human beings to be able to do the work of God. It's the same thing, right? It has to be the supernatural energy and power of God living within of us. Now, God told Moses in verse 12 back in Exodus 3, but I will be with you. And sure enough, God was with Moses. Sure enough, Moses performed oodles of miracles at the behest of God. Here in the New Testament, y'all, we got one better. Right? We've got the Holy Spirit not with us, but in us. Wow. Moses, look what he did. God went with him. Look at us. We have the Spirit inside of us. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God gave us the Spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And then he goes down to say, to say, by the Holy Spirit, in verse 14, who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. The Holy Spirit inside the Christian is the fire of the burning bush if we don't quench the Spirit. What do you think God would have thought if Moses had come to that burning bush and said, oh my goodness, this poor bush is a fire and starts throwing buckets of water on it. Poor bush, you don't need to burn. Quit. But we do that to God all the time. We throw buckets of cold water. We say, Lord, not me. And we drag our feet. And we say, no, God. And we get entangled into the world. And we do everything we can to quench the Holy Spirit who simply wants to ignite a fire inside of us to enable us to do His desire. I will be with you. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Y'all, there is a promised land. Now when I say promised land, a lot of people think of heaven, and that is quite true. Heaven is a promised land. But there is also a promised land here on this earth. There is a promised land for Hillside Baptist Church. What is the promised land? The promised land is that place where we are when, we do it, when we're doing God's will. When we're fulfilling His great commission. When we are striving to reach lost souls. When we are trying to grow and nurture, disciple ourselves in His image. When we are wanting to burn, wanting to, to be the light and salt in this world. That's where He wants us to be. Because we cannot do it by ourselves. Any more than Moses could not have strolled in his own strength and confronted Pharaoh and expected to have success. Nor can we in this lost and dying sinful world, we can't even live our own lives in any sort of order without God living within us. And boy, oh boy, do we need that. But there is a warning here as well. And I'm going to say this by way of invitation. 
The scripture I read earlier from Luke chapter 3 and verse 16, John the Baptist is pointing the way to Jesus and he answers him saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. You see, when God's fire of judgment moved against Pharaoh, it was a two-sided, two-edged sword, right? The fire of God is. It cleanses us from sin. The day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came. The shape it took was tongues of fire that sat upon the shoulders of the believers. But you see, if you're not receiving Christ in your heart and the fire of the Spirit within you in that regard, then there is coming a day of judgment when the fire will consume you from the outside. You do not want that. That's what he's talking about when he says his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor. Gather the wheat into the barn, the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. That place of fire we know as hell. If you're here this morning, if you haven't experienced the redemptive grace of God, now is the time to come because He is ready to receive. If we will turn from our wicked ways and confess Him as Lord and Savior and receive Him to our heart, He will forgive. He will Take the old creation and make it new. He'll do that for you today. There is a baptism of fire coming. It can either be the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the new life, the indwelling spirit of regeneration, or it can be the all-consuming fire of destruction that will certainly come to those who do not repent. So certainly, if you haven't received Christ as your personal Savior, make that happen this morning. Receive Him. Seek His face. Turn from your ungodly ways. Or you might look at yourself and you say, no, Paul admonished Timothy to fan the flame and I've let my flame kind of die down. I've tried to put out the fire. I, I, didn't, want, I didn't want anybody to see it. I, I, I was ashamed of it, but I don't need to be ashamed anymore. I want to be able to stand fully and firmly in the mighty power of God and let others see that burning light that's not coming from me, but it's coming from Him. That's our invitation this morning. I pray that you would all receive it. As we pray, Lord in heaven, Father, Lord, Your great redemptive work. You showed it to Moses as You showed Your presence in the burning bush. You showed it through Christ Jesus who brought us the light of immortality and the gospel of peace. Oh, Holy Spirit, burn within us. Burn within this church. Burn within our lives. Help us not to be ashamed, but to stand firmly and to steadily proclaim Your word of truth. Bless us now, Lord, as we turn to this time of contemplation and invitation. It's in Christ's holy and wonderful name we pray. Amen.